Hey, I'm Robert Pearson, and this is Follow the Leader. We are in 2 Timothy today, chapter 2. Paul's got a bunch of stuff for us. We're doing verses 1 through 7, and there's a lot in it. Uh, bum, 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 bum. These are all verses from the man cards, going through them in a random order. And uh, this is a book where Paul has written a letter to a guy that he's mentored named Timothy. And it's uh, kind of a pep talk. It's one of the last things that Paul writes before he's uh, kilt. And uh, I forget exactly how he bites it, but it's not pleasant. And uh, he kind of knows the time's nearing an end. And is, is trying to get the word out uh, to the very last minute. So he's in prison right now, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, things are looking grim. And so he's kind of given a final farewell for most of this letter. Here we go. Second uh, Timothy 2, 1 through 7. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer ought to be the first to receive his share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Alright. Uh, there's a lot here. And, um, yeah, it's kind of awesome. He calls Timothy his son. It's his uh, son in the faith. And he's been training him up. Timothy was a young guy who had a knack for the whole Bible stuff and started following Paul around and uh, helping him establish congregations in the different cities he was in. So, what is your favorite part? Obviously, if you're, uh, if you're a soldier, you'll like the soldier part. Maybe if you're a farmer, it hits you a little closer to home or an athlete and so on. Um, I don't know, for me, it's that right there and the, uh, it's a common verse when you're on a Bible college campus is the Second Timothy 2, 2. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. It's this kind of Paul's own uh, commission where he, he says, you know, go make disciples. But specifically, go make teachers. Take all the stuff that I taught you and teach people who are going to be able to teach other people. Because otherwise, whatever it is you have dies with you, or it dies with your students, if you teach other people. But the, the most important thing that you can do with your knowledge, with what you've been given by God, is to share it with other people who are going to share it with other people. Even if it's just as a parent, teaching your kids to do what's right, and to speak up for what's right, you're teaching your kids to then teach other people to do what's right. Um, I'm going to take a minute and kind of dive into each of the different sections here. So that's also a small portion of what I'm trying to do with the, the videos and such is to just not sit on all the stuff that I know and that I've learned, um, even though I did drop out of Bible college and I'm an electrician now. May as well not let this knowledge go to waste. With the magic of the internet, I can... Uh, share what little tidbits I know and what insight that I've been given because of my uh, kind of manual labor focus now in my life direction. 
So, uh, it was a call to suffer hardship for the cause of Christ as a good soldier. Almost as if uh, an old man kind of reminding himself of another story as he finishes the, the previous one. Uh, Paul immediately jumps into, Ah, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. So he jumps to these three different uh, analogies for how to do things. They all are different uh, analogies. They stress different ways to be a Christian. And it seems like he was just reminded of them and just kind of going off the cuff um, for this section of the book kind of starts to wander and then he comes back to Jesus after verse 7. So let's go into each of these three soldiers. The first one, no soldier in active service entangles themselves in the affairs of everyday life. As a Christian, your your goal is the gospel, right? Um, and so if you're going to be really specific and really uh, precise in your handling of the scripture, yes, Paul, a worker, a servant, a servant of God, but a worker in the gospel is talking to another worker in the gospel. So in a very narrow context, yes, these are explicitly talking from one pastor to another pastor he's mentoring. This is really good advice for pastors, uh, not specifically for everyone. However, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And because this is a way that a pastor should conduct themselves, you can generalize it a little bit to say this is probably really good advice for a Christian to follow, especially a Christian who wants to, you know, what's more? Uh, Jesus is my savior. I'm doing my best not to mess up every day. What else? What more do I do? How do I, you know, go deeper? How do I do better? Read your Bible, pray every day. I'm working on it. Is there more to this Christian thing than that? And that's where you come to passages like this. So I'm aware Paul is a pastor. He's talking to Timothy, who is also a pastor. Also, this applies to the Christian in general. Don't take these as mandate injunctions on how to live your life. However, if you're looking for something more, if you're looking for a better way to live, a better way to be a Christian, and you're trying to um, do your very best, these are the kind of passages you look to as um, as guidance and uh, aspirational uh, directions to go. All right. So, that said, um, as soldiers um, in God's army... We shouldn't be worried about all the little petty nuances of everyday life. We should not be fussing over that guy who keeps letting the copier run out of paper. We shouldn't be getting upset at the guy who keeps messing up the gang box every time we go to go for a supply or reach for a tool and they've got all buried at the bottom and they keep reshuffling everything and you just organized it or you just set it down and somebody picked it up and started using it. Those little moments, those little nuances should not bother you because they're not important because you're a soldier in the army of God. You're not, you know, you're not dedicating your life to, you know, who refilled the copier, who put the toilet paper on the roll correctly or, or whatever. Your goal is to spread God's kingdom message and glorify God in your life. And so... Because of that, it doesn't matter who, who did what or what little nuances happened, who got elected this last election thing. Um, yes, elections have consequences. More importantly, though, those consequences are spiritual. And where 
are you at? And do you allow those events to affect you? Or instead, do you use your spiritual grounding to choose, because we live in America, to affect an election? It should, it should always be outward, though. It should never allow these other things and affairs to make you upset or to get you angry. And, ah, I want to cry because somebody lost a thing or someone's accused of a vote. Blah. No, you're a Christian. Is the gospel spreading? That's what you should be upset over. Uh, all of this other stuff, your opinions on it and your decisions about it should be affected from your position as a Christian. You shouldn't be entangled and ensnared and allow all of your emotions and thoughts and feelings to be tied up in all the nonsense happening around you, you should be anchored in the fact and on the foundation of Christ in your life. Building up from that, looking out and going, oh, because I'm in a country that allows me to, I will choose to affect this election in one way or another because of my foundation, not because I'm afraid of this person or I'm scared of that or I'm angry at so-and-so. It should be because of where you're at and who you are as a Christian you choose to reach out and move towards. Because soldiers, um, they, don't, they don't care what's going on. They're getting shot at. So they don't care who left whatever the copy, who got voted to where. They're getting shot at. And uh, so the only thing that they care about is the people next to them shooting the direction they like to see the bullets going. And so as a Christian, you should only care about the people in your the foxhole of your life with you and are they on your team and have you got them on your team yet and being a good soldier of christ every day and your job at your home everywhere and not cry about other stuff don't get entangled in it so if anyone competes as an athlete they don't win the prize unless they compete according to the rules as a christian it's important we run the race fairly. If you lost, you lost fairly. If you win, you make sure that you win because you have followed the rules, because you obeyed the authorities put over you. Um, was it Romans chapter 13? It's almost the whole chapter, like the first half of the chapter. Uh, Paul talks about obey the authorities put over you, and he specifically mentions the king and his soldiers, that they're there to punish evildoers. The interesting thing is when Paul writes that, Nero is emperor. The Nero who murdered Christians, supposedly lit his garden with burning Christians. That's the guy in charge when Paul says, obey your government. Interesting. So, as you go through life, Jesus himself said, all authority comes from God. When he's, he's talking to Pilate in the Gospels, it's, it's in a couple of them. Every time you encounter an authority figure, whether it's your manager, whether it's your foreman, whether it's your pastor, whether it's, you know, the president or governor or whatever, or a police officer, it behooves you to respect the authority placed over you, to follow the rules that you're given, and know that only by following the rules can you win don't always win because you follow the rules, but it doesn't really count as a win unless you follow the rules, if you cheat. As Christians, we need to obey the authorities placed over us and respect the rules as they are laid out. Obviously, the, the, the borderline is when the, the rules tell us to disobey Scripture, and uh, then we got problems. 
well, they got problems. We're, we're cool. So, the last one, the hardworking farmer ought to be first to receive his share of the crops. This is a constant theme throughout the Bible. Uh, Paul himself, in one of the Thessalonians, right? If you don't work, you don't eat. And uh, Jesus, or no, no, that's right. Paul in, um, I want to say Corinthians, he says, you know, do not muzzle the ox while he's treading out the wheat. He's quoting uh, Law and Leviticus. And he, he applies that to officers in the church, saying that, look, these guys are working hard for the gospel. They have fed you spiritually. Shell out the cash. Feed them physically. Uh, and he points out that he had full authority to say, hey, I could have asked you guys for payment. I chose not to. I chose to go the extra mile because of X, Y, Z. He lays out his reasoning for it. But he brings up Peter, who uh, Peter had a wife. He went and got paid by the gospel everywhere he went. It was fine. Nothing wrong with that. So, that's what we got. Um, and he drops all the way down. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. This is exactly what James says in James. I might be able to find it right quick. Like Chapter 1, verse 5. Yes! Thank Jesus. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach. And it will be given to him. Bam. God will give you wisdom if you just ask for it. And if you read Proverbs enough, you'll find out that the beginning of wisdom is to fear the Lord. Acknowledge God as the authority in your life, as the creator God. Um, accept him as your savior. And that is where your starting point for understanding everything else happens. And in fervent prayer... God will help you wrap your brain around one thing at a time, and stuff will make more and more sense as you go. But it starts all starts with that foundation of asking for the Lord to give you wisdom and understanding that in order to do that, you have to acknowledge that He's, you know, Creator God and move in reverence. So, um, yeah, that's all I got today. Uh, what's the big picture? What's important? Why? What's going to be? I keep, I keep forgetting to actually go through the questions because I, I get on rant mode and then at about the 15-minute mark, I'm like, ah, it's time to be done. So, um, I got the rest of the questions down below. I mostly answered or addressed in that direction. Uh, shoot me your questions, your possible answers. Thanks for watching, and I will see you next time. Godspeed.